You're listening to Talk to the Experts. I'm Wayne Nelson, and my guest today is Sherry McMillan from McMillan Estate Planning. If you'd like to know more about some tried-and-true estate planning tools, how to plan from an asset protection and tax mitigation perspective in 2023 and beyond, the McMillan team will be hosting a webinar coming up Wednesday, January 11th at 6.30 p.m., and an in-person seminar Wednesday, January 25th at 6.30 p.m. You don't want to miss these. To register, contact McMillan Estate Planning. The number is 1-833-266-6464 during weekday office hours or go online at mcmillanestate.com. Sherry, before the break, we were talking a little bit about estate freezes, and uh, we I abruptly cut you off, but let's uh, continue on that if we could uh, the definition of an estate freeze, the resets, and, and that type of thing. Sure. So one of the opportunities also that we have with an estate freeze, um, in this particular area, there is something called money trust available to us when we're doing investment planning. So most of us, when we do our investment planning, whether it be in our company or personally or in our RSP and RIFs, is when we buy particular assets like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, all of those types of investments, we as a consumer are the person that takes on the market risk of those assets. And that's pretty standard. Yes. Um, and that's because we're operating within what is called the Bank Act of Canada. And in the Bank Act of Canada, all of the accountability of the market fluctuations fall upon our shoulders. So um, the financial institutions make recommendations to us, but if those recommendations, you know, have volatility associated with them and the values collapse on us, we bear that problem in our estate. Now, when you're hitting retirement phase of life, most of us want to make sure and we want to securitize value because we know we might live to 100 today. We we need it to last us as long as possible. Right. And you also don't have the time to recover from any mistakes that you would have had when you were younger. That's right. And so as our, our families have advanced and I call it outgrowing financial planning and moving into estate planning because they've built their estate, now we need to protect their estate. And so one of the things that we use in um, this particular area is called money trust. And it's different in that the Bank Act uh, leaves that ownership and responsibility on us in the volatility. But inside the Trust Act of Canada we actually can have a guarantee of our capital, even if we are buying mutual funds and stocks. It would be almost like buying a bond where you've got a guarantee at maturity date. That's right. So one of the wonderful things about this is it gives you a secure base uh, to plan your retirement on, and you know exactly what you have every calendar year. Now, the really unique part about it is when you have profit, so let's say you do buy into the marketplace, you're going to have volatility still, but you're not risking your capital during that volatile situation. And when you have profit, what we do is we reset or refreeze. When we're talking about freezing again, we refreeze your investments at this new level. And what that does is it changes your principal guarantee from the original value you deposited up to the profit now. So let's say it was a million dollars and you've made 10% you now will refreeze that portfolio at $1.1 million and you will never have less than that in your estate ever again. And so it's like laddering up your wealth as you go into your retirement phases of life. What are the tax implications for that, though, Sherry? Yeah, and so this is the other thing. Inside trust planning, it doesn't, it doesn't actually trigger an income tax. And so that's the beauty of it because it's not tr- traditionally a sale. 
It's just a rollover to the new level. And so we don't actually pay tax on it until we use it or spend it or cash it out. And so it's such a beautiful opportunity for so many families when they're, you know, wanting security, wanting to know what income levels that they can attain through retirement and wanting to make sure that they don't have sleepless nights while the markets are volatile. And they'll always be volatile. I mean, that's a cycle. that yes. That's right. I mean, we're, if we live four decades in retirement, we're going to experience volatility. And so if we can put in these safety measures of freezing the profit every time your portfolio makes money, you freeze at the highest levels. The next unique part about it, Wayne, is this kind of uh, trust planning. We can add your family um, as beneficiaries and it bypasses probate. So we don't have to have these assets go through the probate process when we pass on. Within about 30 days, they can transfer out to either your wife, your husband, or the children, whomever you've you know made the beneficiary. Sure, and probate process can be somewhat protracted, and it's also public, right? That's right. So one of the cautionary tales right now that we're experiencing because of COVID and the backlash is that the courts are behind with all kinds of... Oh, six to nine months, I think, is what I've heard. That's right. And so if you pass on, you know, your family won't necessarily see value very quickly. It can be easily six, nine months a year. Whereas if we've used trust planning, literally within a couple of weeks, our family has access to the estate to utilize it. So when you're in that probate period, and it's that six to nine months before the court makes a decision, the estate is still active. Uh, The volatility still exists. That's right. And so you are a little bit in hot water because let's say you die when the market is up, then that triggers the state tax at the high value and then it starts to fall. Well, we need probate to stop the bank from to actually force them to sell the value. And so you can actually have an estate where there's a loss occurring inside the estate tax return, but again inside the death of the taxpayer and they never can recapture it. So it's a very sad situation and it happens 25% of the time to all of us because that's just the markets themselves, right? 25% of the time the markets are negative, not positive. So if we use trust planning, however, and we sell at a high point, we actually cash out that day. Uh, that's how a trust works. And so there's never that sort of risk associated with ups and downs of the marketplace. All right, to get back to my point about publicizing, that's all part of the probate process. But when the financial plan is part of a trust, all of that financial information is private. That's right. So a lot of our families use trust planning for privacy alone. Um, I have a family right now, they have a son that's been a bit naughty throughout his lifespan. Oh, we got all, we all have those. (laughs) (laughs) And the parent group are going to build a a very specific design for this child because they are worried that they'll waste the value. Now we're building that planning inside trust planning because in trust planning, you can't challenge the estate. In will planning, you can because it is public. And so the difference between will planning is that is a public process where it can be challenged and your entire estate is exposed to the public. Sure. And anybody can come forward and say they're a creditor and anybody can argue your issues. However, in trust planning, in trust planning because it's private, your wishes that you lay out for your family are completely private and nobody can challenge them, not even your beneficiaries, not even your own children. So whatever you've laid out for them, they must follow. And so I think it's a much safer approach when you have families that, in my opinion, any family with a million dollars or more should be considering trust planning over traditional will planning 
simply because of these additional, you know, factors that they can encapsulate and make sure that their wishes are being met for children. And I think this is, you know, really normal that we all have children we're concerned about in family units. Uh, I would say half of our clients have a child that they're not so sure the child has good spending habits or might go through a divorce or, and they have worries. And so if we use a will, all those risks are associated with the worry we have for that child. Alternatively, if we use a trust, we can build in protection for the child so that that inheritance stays with them if anything goes awry. You mentioned that million dollars, Sherry, and in today's economy, in today's lifestyle, a million dollars, I think that a lot of people don't realize that their home, which is their primary asset for most of us, the average price of a home these days is just a little bit under $500,000. And if you add in RRSPs or TFSAs, that million dollars can be, you're within sight for a lot of people. Yeah, years past, I think you're absolutely right about that, Wayne. We used to think that somebody that was a millionaire was so wealthy, you know, that was the perception in the population. But many people today are millionaires. They just don't know it. They just don't think they are. Yeah, they just don't think they are. That's right, yeah. Um, So, you know, all of us have to give some contemplation to the value of the estate. And we, we also want to make sure that when we have created wealth in the millions for our children, most of our families share with us one of their primary concerns, Wayne, is they don't want to ruin their children. So when they transfer this wealth, what they don't want to have happen is that their child doesn't live up to their own uh, potential. Trust fund millionaires, I think, was the uh, derogatory term that I had heard. Yes, and we, we actually have that um, in our whole genre of language in trust planning. We call them trust babes because they don't ever grow up because they don't need to. They've inherited so much wealth that they never find their own potential. And so we build out what we call incentive trust in many instances when we have high net worth families with younger, you know, university type students, children and so forth so that we can build in incentives for them and targets so that there's a reason for them to find their way in life. So, for example, in some of the trusts we have, we have a rule that um, what you earn, you'll get a 10% check every year at the end of the year on that value from the trust, but it's based on what you earned this year. So it's incentivizing them. Good stuff. The McMillan team will be hosting a virtual webinar coming up Wednesday, January 11th at 6.30 p.m. and an in-person seminar Wednesday, January 25th at 6.30 p.m. To register, contact McMillan Estate Planning, 1-833-266-6464 during weekday office hours or visit the website for more information at mcmillanestate.com. Sherry McMillan from McMillan Estate Planning is my guest today and we'll be back to wrap things up on Talk to the Experts.